This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Reserve Collection, a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. Rich and bold, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's reserve collection of oils and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new reserve collection. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Newton, who is our nutritionist in residence. Hence the name Q&A with Layla. You submit questions, we ensemble answer them. Questions come to radio program at AOL.com. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? Very well, thank you. Chilly, chilly outside. It's chilly outside. We had a busy day seeing some interesting patients at the yeah. end of the day, but I always uh, enjoy capping off the day with uh, a lively discussion with you mm. and seeing what some of our listeners have on their minds. So radio program at AOL.com gets you into the podcast with your questions. And um, before we get to, we have a lot of questions. Yeah. But before we get to questions, I, I just want to comment on an article that appeared in <coughs> Journal of the American Medical Association, certainly no friend of natural or alternative therapies. Uh, it appeared in the cardiology section of JAMA. And... It is entitled, this is a long one, Association of Coronary Artery Plaque with Low-Density Lipoprotein Cholesterol Levels and Rates of Cardiovascular Disease Events Among Symptomatic Adults. Okay, um, so what they uh, essentially found in this study, and I'm actually a little, uh, a little bit uh, confused why they say these are symptomatic adults, because if they're symptomatic how come they, some of them had an absence of coronary artery calcium? Um, I guess what, the, so what they, what they did here is they looked at a bunch of people who likely had heart disease and then they scanned them mm -hmm. and uh, they also determined their LDL cholesterol levels. Now we know mm -hmm. that LDL is the enemy. It's the implacable enemy of cardiologists and doctors all over the world. We want to play cholesterol limbo with that. How right. low can you go with your LDL? Yes. And it, it's gotten progressively lower. It used to be like, oh, if your LDL was 130 or less, you were okay. Mm -hmm. And if it's over that, then we treat you with a statin to lower it. Now, especially people who have had heart disease, they want it as low as 70, 60, 50. Oof. They really want to... It's going to be a lot of dementia. In gonna go in, it's going to go into the basement. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know, all kinds of other potential consequences. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
However, we take a more nuanced approach. It is, it is very common for us to, to do a second opinion on people who've been told they need statins. Yes. And, you know, frankly, we agree that some people need statins. They've got Absolutely. a ton of plaque. Yes. They're high risk. Mm-hmm. They come to us, tell <coughs> Dr. Hoffman and Layla, tell us, and tell us it ain't so, and we have to tell them, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're loaded with plaque. You're high risk of a heart attack or stroke. And you probably should take a statin. We do believe that yeah, statins absolutely. confer protection to people at high risk. Yeah. But unfortunately, statins are being used to treat LDL when sometimes the coronary artery scan, which is an easy scan, mm-hmm. right now they're offering it, uh, it's, it's February's Heart Month, they're offering it, well, like 200 bucks or some. It's on special yeah, yeah. at uh, our local uh, radiologist. Uh-huh. We, we send people to inner imaging here in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Lo and behold, some people with enormously high cholesterol could be like 280, 300 or more with a high LDL, you know, an LDL of 180 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have any plaque. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, there's a multiplicity of factors that go into that, you know, such as are they obese, hypertensive, diabetic, especially insulin resistant, do they have inflammation? Sometimes it doesn't add up to where the rubber meets the road yeah. in the coronary arteries. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, in this study... What they found is that people who have a very low uh, level of plaque, even if they have a high LDL, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps greater than 190, mm. uh, are they at risk? They, they may not be. So They may not be. So we need a more yeah. nuanced approach. That's why uh, today, actually, we saw a guy who fit the criteria for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, a healthy guy, exercises. And he's, he's been a, on a statin. He's been a statin. He's sixty years old. He's been in a statin for thirty years. Yeah. He was identified very early that he had a high cholesterol, but he also has a low HDL, which yes. is a little more worrisome. They said go on a statin. So I look. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I, uh, he was happy to go get the scan, and we'll yeah, see we'll if see. he has a very low score. Perhaps we can take him off. Yeah. Uh, of note is that his blood sugar is a little elevated. We know that statin drugs tend to elevate blood sugar. That's right. And so it, it, it he's not he's not one of these people who complains bloody murder that he's having leg pain or weakness. Yeah. Or brain fog. He's very he's tolerant got. of it. He's very tolerant, which some yeah. people are. And you know, if he needs it, I'm happy to leave him on it. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't and he has a zero score, I'm going to make the case that perhaps he doesn't need it. That's great. Yeah. And, yeah. and free him from dependence on yet another medication. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's typical patient mm-hmm. that we might see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, get scanned. Get scanned. Yeah. And see if there's any coronary plaque, which should be the determinant, oh, and the I, criteria. Plus, plus, I have a patient coming in tomorrow who was very worried, uh, had been told of, and she's not a youngster, she's pushing, she's a 75 or 80. Uh, I just saw her test results. Um and, you know, she has some of the hallmarks of risk. She's overweight, and okay. uh, she has high cholesterol. Zero plaque in every artery, in the left main coronary wow. artery, in the right coronary artery, in the, you know, uh, ev- the circumflex artery. All the right. arteries are pristine Wow, this person. Go figure. Yeah. So I'm happy to, to give her. I was going to call her today, but I said she's coming in, you know, this week or next week. Mm-hmm. I'll give give her the good news in person. Yeah, you get to see her happy right. face. Party. That's wonderful. Party. <laughs> That's terrific. That's always terrific news to give to So anyway, let's, we'll get to questions. Uh, that article I posted on social media, and mm-hmm. you can find the link to it. Mm-hmm. Um, com. Let's go with questions. We've got a handwritten letter 
You hear what? this? What? Paper. It's paper. Let's put it close to our microphone. It's a, it's a handwritten letter. Oh, how nice! I love that. And it's it's written in in cursive and it highlighted. Yes. Yeah, with the highlighted. yellow marker. Exactly. To, right. Straight to his question. Right. This is from Tom. Tom says I'm taking high doses of turmeric, Mariva, about 500 milligrams, three in the morning, three at night, for osteoarthritis. Okay. My question, is there a limit to how much turmeric one can take every day? Are there side effects? Also, how many hours does a turmeric offer pain relief? And should I be spreading the doses more frequently throughout the day? The the answer is kind of indeterminate to that because uh, turmeric is not that well absorbed. So it's the liposomal form like Mariva. Yeah. Or like... Uh, it takes Mariva, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Future Farm also makes a liquid liposomal, which is nice. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I, I keep it on uh, by, uh, by the sink in the bathroom. And when I'm, you know, after I brush my teeth, I'll squirt a little uh, curcumin into my mm-hmm. mouth uh, so that I remember to take my curcumin. I also take the pills yeah. as well. So I'm loaded with curcumin. I don't see a downside. Uh, I don't think there's a hepatotoxicity. Yes. Liver... I don't mm-hmm. think there's a renal toxicity. Uh, you know, kind of the more you mer- the merrier. Yeah, it's terrific is for inflammation. Is there a set dose? I think mm-hmm. you have to say subjectively, try with, try without, see if your aches and pains abate. Yeah. Uh, you may have to take something else along with it, like fish oil. He was just wondering, he was wondering too, are there any other supplements that can complement the turmeric? I like the uh, turmeric. ache action. Ache action. It's got a little, yes, protocol. Boswellin. Boswellin. And it's also got some willow bark, willow bark, which, which is, is kind of a, which is kind of a cousin, a bit to aspirin. They explained though uh, when I talked to uh, 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 the uh, product Order. formulator for them. Yes, uh, you know Levin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that because it's the natural form, that it doesn't have the gastrointestinal bleeding effects. Yeah. And it's relatively low dose, mm-hmm. and it it's also broad spectrum. It's a a, a lot of the mm-hmm. plant compounds in white willow bark, so it's more of a entourage effect from all the different compounds working together mm-hmm. to reduce inflammation, and hence it's not uh, you know going to damage the intestinal lining yeah, or thin news. the blood excessively, you know, so that you get um, you know some bruising or something like you might get with high dose aspirin. Yeah. Yeah, that's good news. So, so those two paired together in fish oil, you mm-hmm. know, would be good. Mm-hmm. good you might want you know, to, you know, try to support joint health, take glucosamine with chondroitin. Yes, with MSM. MSM. As, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are also good, Tom, uh, for you to take if you're not already taking them. Because uh, it sounds like in this letter he's put all of his, his eggs in the turmeric basket. Yes. So to speak. And he's but taking other things. You know, faithfully fairly high doses. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good for his brain, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Perhaps also for arterial health. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Tom, thank you so much for your handwritten letter. Yeah. That is such a treat. Yeah. <laughs> you even got the envelope attached to it. That's fun. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, it used to be, you know, this uh-huh. reminds me of, of the days of Carlton Fredericks. Hmm. Carlton Fredericks was a nutritionist. Some of you were yeah. listeners remember Carlton Fredericks on WR Radio in New York and syndicated across the country. And he would have... Uh, he would say, send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. Yes. And we will send you the protocol 
for whatever it was. That an he SASE. And he, and he had like a room full of uh, ladies who were volunteers. Maybe he'd take them out to lunch or something for the holidays. Uh-huh. And they dutifully, uh, you know, stuffed envelopes with the self-addressed stuffed envelopes yeah. sent them back. So people yeah. would get an answer. An answer. Know. That's neat. It was like the proto uh-huh. the proto podcast <laughs> <laughs> precursor to the yeah. current uh, media. Wow. Wow. So, we've got an email here from Carol. Hi, Doc. Question. If your cells are damaged and they can be repaired, does that equate to better health? What wow. How much question. time do we have? <laughs> Say that again. Say. If your cells are damaged and they can be repaired, does that equate to better health? If they can be repaired? The answer is indubitably yes. Yeah. And we have a great faith in the restorative capabilities of the body, yes. even at advanced stages of disease or aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have, perhaps, the ability to regenerate a lost limb, Yeah, but many organs have the potential to repair and regenerate. Yes, and to return to good health. Yeah. You know, our bodies kind of know what to do if we would yeah. simply yeah. let it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's that so. inner healing capability I mean, that we want to uh, foster and bring out. Wasn't it only recently, and remember for decades and decades, we all thought that once your brain cells died, that was it. Right. No new neurons. That's what I thought, you know, in college, it's like, you know, I'd wake up after, you know, a night of, uh, shall we say, excess. Yeah. And I'd say, how many, you know, and I'd say to my roommates, how many neurons did we kill last night? <laughs> you know? We've all done that. Yeah, okay. you know, probably millions of them. And, you know... <laughs> But, Bye-bye. <laughs> but Bye-bye. here, you know, then we get together for our, you know, 50th reunion. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we're all doing okay, pretty much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, or I, who knows how much better we would have been if we had. And you probably got back many of the million, right? You know. We might have regenerated some connections, yeah. Exactly. We, exactly. There is a, this BDNF thing, brain-derived neurotrophic yes. factor, which is miracle growth for the brain, which through exercise and certain uh, you know, healthy habits. Yes, especially uh, aerobic exercise is yep. good for BDNF. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. if your cells are damaged and they can be repaired, yes. Because you're not in good health if your cells are damaged and I, I would say once they repair. What this little sentence uh, or two encapsulates is the, is the axiom mm-hmm. on which... Uh, natural medicine is founded, you know, mm. naturopathic medicine and integrative medicine, functional medicine, which is to encourage the body's repair capability. Yes. And support them. Yeah. And not get in the way. Because our bodies can be very, quite resilient. Right. If we let them, if we do the right things. Carol, thank you for that very profound question. Yeah. Good point. Which to pause uh, and allow one of our sponsors to help you understand how you can better repair your body. Here goes. Ensure your immune system is operating at its peak with an innovative natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and Zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low Zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility to a host of risks. Future Farm 
offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while. I use them, prescribe them in my practice, and I'm proud to recommend them to you. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216. 888-841-7216 or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuturephrm. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural science-based and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. And uh, now back to uh, one of our questions. I actually I just bring up something yeah. interesting. Is I was talking to a patient today. We we're actually talking about a relative of hers who was suffering from a severe liver disease. Mm. And the, with a the severe liver disease, uh, he was having problems thinking and remembering. Mm. Uh, he you know, had no short-term memory. He's a relatively young man. He's 50 years old. I don't know whether it's alcoholic liver disease or whether it's infectious uh, yeah. in causation. But anyways, he has cirrhosis. And one of the consequences of cirrhosis is something called Wernicke's encephalopathy, yeah. And Wernicke's encephalopathy, I said, guess what? You know, we have a supplement called Zobria that yes. we talk a lot about, which is, which is a potent form of thiamine or B1. He says, yes, they're giving him thiamine. Yeah. Yeah. Loads yeah. of it. Right. So it's, it, you know, yeah. I, you, since I'm out of hospital practice, I'm not treating a lot of patients with severe liver disease uh, or alcoholic patients. Mm-hmm. I used to treat them all the time because I worked at the VA hospital in New York. We would always give patients thiamine injections. Mm. Um, and uh, not B twelve, but B one. B one, yeah, B one for injections. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, we've got uh, we've got an email from Robert. My wife, who's eighty three years old, has been taking five thousand IU's of vitamin D for the past two years. However, a recent blood tests indicated a level of only thirty two. I might add, she has an ostomy for the past four years. This is for which vitamin? For vitamin D, D, she's been taking 5,000 IUs for the last two years, but her blood level is a 32. Mm-hmm. She has an ostomy, which shouldn't have much to do. It doesn't have that much to do with no. the absorption. No. Yeah. And D is created in the liver, the kidneys, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, it, I mean, there may be some consequences to a shortened gut in mm. terms of absorption. Mm. So, she just needs to take a little more now. 32 is considered adequate because 30 is the cutoff, but it's not optimal. It's not. So we want to go, I mean, that patient, I would try him on, you know, uh, maybe 50,000 once a week, which averages to 7,000 a day. Yeah. Or I would have, you know, have them take 10, uh, retest them quickly to make sure they're not overdosing. Exactly. Retest them in two or three months. Yeah. And, to see what's happening. You know, and the solution might be to give them, you know, five alternating with 10, five mm-hmm. one day, 10 the other. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would tell Robert is he's, she's taking 5,000 IUs of vitamin D, but we don't know that it's D3. And right. if it's D2, I'm assuming it's D3. Right. But if it was D2... Maybe less uh, It could actually... It's less bioavailable, but it can also deplete D3, oh, yeah, according yeah. to recent research. Yeah. So taking D3 is not a good thing at all. So, D2 is not a good thing. Uh, taking D2 is not a good thing at all. Which is you. the prescribed form of vitamin D. Of generally. vitamin D. Prescription right. vitamin D is generally D2, mm-hmm. and health food store vitamin D is D3. So I think the health food stores have it over the conventional Yeah. in this case. Yeah. So, Bob. I mean, my yeah. opinion, D2 is not horrible. No. It's just not as optimal. It's not optimal. great. Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's not nearly as optimal. So uh, what I was concerned about is the recent research where it may actually deplete D3, mm -hmm. taking D2. They did a study recently that I actually shared on my radio program on vitamin D for kids mm -hmm. uh, who were metabolically challenged. They were overweight or pre-diabetic. They're young kids, you know, uh, uh, children and, you know, adolescents, teenagers. And they gave them three different types of vitamin D, 600, 1,000, and 2,000. And they found that the most benefits were achieved at 600, just 600 a day. For wow. These. Yeah. But they're, you know, these are generally pint-sized. <clears throat> they're smaller. And the benefits <laughs> were in terms of cardiovascular things like cholesterol and HDL and uh, also insulin uh, resistance. Wow. And even after stopping the intervention, they had long-lasting benefits from the vitamin D. Because it's fat-soluble, so it's going to last longer yeah. in your body. It's not like taking water-soluble vitamins like the B vitamins and vitamin C. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. D could be, if anybody with metabolic syndrome, they're going to need more vitamin D. People with diabetes, you're going to need more vitamin D. Yes. And high blood pressure or with yeah. any of those kind of risk factors. Cardiometabolic problems. Mm -hmm. Overweight, certainly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've got an interesting tale here from Carolyn who is asking about COVID, vac COVID vaccines and clinical... Did I say COVID? COVID. <laughs> COVID vaccine. Where have you been for the past couple of years? I, I haven't read the word COVID in a, in a little while, which right. is such a nice break. Right. <laughs> and clinical trials. Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I was very interested in the comment from your listener who had been a subject in the Pfizer trial and was very concerned with the follow-up. We had right. uh, somebody who yeah. wrote in last There's week. There's been some problems with those trials. Yeah. Well, Carolyn says, I had two friends. They were in the Moderna trial, a husband and a wife. They had their shots in September 2020, and it was unblinded by December 2020. The wife was in the control group, but then she, in the control group, but then she was offered uh, uh, a shot from the competitor, which Wait, would have been Pfizer. Yeah, w Pfizer, which would have been the competitor, okay. which she took. Right. So by June 2021, the husband had also gotten himself two doses of the Pfizer. And was eagerly awaiting approval for boosters. Well, the wife got a bad case of COVID in after, July. After having the two, two Exactly, Pfizer, right? exactly. And both were sick right. in January 2022, as many people were. Right. Uh, but honestly, where's the follow-up? And how can a test subject in one vaccine study go out unsupervised and get two shots of a competition's product? Now, wait a minute. But it was, they were both uh, controls. They were not... She was in the control. He, so he... Wait. He had three then. Yeah. He so, had two shots and a booster. Or two shots and a booster. Uh, yeah. But, well, okay. Um, mm -hmm. it w it's, okay, it should be studied. Mm -hmm. it should, the effects should be studied. But it is now not, just, it used to be forbidden to mix and match. Exactly. You shouldn't mix and match. They were, now they said, well, there may be some advantage to mixing and matching because you get some degree of protection from one and maybe complementary protection from the other and they, you get like a... There's no stringent follow-up because the husband and the wife, the wife was offered the Pfizer. Right. The husband was also offered the Pfizer and took it and was awaiting a booster. So it's like, where is the integrity in any of these clinical trials with, with the vaccines if people they, are out and about doing whatever they want? Well, they, they should apparently. look at long-term outcomes. Yes, yes. But I don't know. I guess 
they just were looking at that confined mm-hmm. uh, interval of time. Yeah. And then study over. Do what you want. You know, you're on your own. You're on your Okay. So right. they were just looking at a, 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 a predetermined period of time. Right. Maybe four weeks, maybe three months, maybe Whatever. something yeah. like that. Right. So, and Carolyn urged uh, urged the gentleman to at least have a D-dimer test before he had more shots. In D-dimer other words, to, to test for clots? potential for blood clots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, which can be a big deal, mm-hmm. obviously. So, Carolyn, yes, she says this seems to be, to me, very sloppy, so, quote, science. Mm-hmm. Agree. Wow. Right. Really agree. Anyway, so here we are. These well, trials you know, are what's, ongoing, what's, right? So what, what's kind of weird is, you know, you're in a trial, yeah, and you don't know if you're getting any protection. Mm. That's kind of weird. Yeah, but it's blind. It's blinded. Yeah, and, and then, then it became unblinded in December. Well, they, they obviously they want to hurry that up because yes. it's like, oh, it's unethical to not confer the benefits of the great benefits of these vaccines. So yeah. let's hurry up and stop it. And then say, here, you can take a vaccine. But it's kind of weird that they, that they didn't offer them the vaccine that they were testing. Exactly. They're saying, hey, it's the Moderna is great. It works. Yeah. Here, take some Pfizer. Take some <laughs> Pfizer. Wait, wait. Here, take this J&J. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. All right. So we've got another email here from Price. Do you still like Jigsaw Magnesium with SRT? Yes, yes. Which was reported as being very... Highly bioavailable. And, and gentle. Thank you. And, and thank gen- you for all the great podcasts. Gentle on the stomach. Mm-hmm. Gentle on the stomach. Yes. Yeah, we like jigsaw magnesium. Right. It's the main form. I think, believe the main form of magnesium there is malate. Okay. Magnesium malate, it, which it is, is a the mix, most, I think, jigsaw. I think it's reacted magnesium that is more of the mix. Okay. I think the well, SRT is adding something different. Keep talking. I'm going to look it up. But yeah, jigsaw magnesium was known to have magnesium malate. <clears throat> which is known to be the most bioavailable form of magnesium. Is it? As we, yeah. Okay. Malate. And malate is also particularly good for energy, which that's why it's all, all it's also... Oh, oh you're, you're right. Yeah. But it's also got some other uh, cofactors. Jigsaw mm-hmm. magnesium has what's called dimagnesium malate, along with a little bit of vitamin C, a little bit of B6, and a little bit of folate as yes. uh, 5-methyltetrahydrofolate. So mm-hmm. those... Are cofactors, I think, for magnesium uh, absorption. Which is helpful for magnesium. Okay. Right? And then so you can, can also get the B free if you don't like the B vitamins. Sometimes people don't want extra B vitamins, so you can just get the mag- dimagnesium malate. You were right. Exactly, exactly. Um, which is a more a targeted, uh, has a reputation for being good for fibromyalgia. Mm hmm. And magnesium malate, I did read a report where because it can be energizing, it may not be the magnesium of, of magnesium of choice to take in the evening oh. for sedation purposes oh, okay. to get ready for sleep. Well, you know, it it seems to me, from my vague recollection of uh, biochemistry, you know, I, one regret in life is I wish I'd paid more attention during biochemistry, but I kind of rushed through it and just uh-huh. passed it, you know, and it, you know, said thank God, and then, you know, wish that I had, you know, I could have taken a whole. You know, uh, a doctorate in it, or gotten a master's degree, and that would be great because I could then I could really, really understand all these pathways. That yeah. Are complex. But malic acid is in the Krebs cycle pathway, mm-hmm. and so maybe it is it feeds into the energy cycle. Ah, there that we means. go. And magnesium is everywhere in the Krebs cycle. Yeah. So those of you who have 
the most minimal education in biology, you, you probably were bedeviled by mm -hmm. the citric acid the, the, cycle, the Krebs cycle, which yeah. looks, you know, they see the diagram, it's a circle, and there's many circle. points of entry with mm -hmm. fumaric acid, malic acid, you know, all these steps. So they're being fed magnesium, the vitamins feed the Krebs cycle as well, which explain the energy that you often get from right. the vitamins, right. unless there's some inositol in there, which can kind of help calm all that down. For some people who report being energetic from B vitamins, I, hey, some I, people need it. I understand biochemistry the way most drivers understand the engines in their cars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they work. They work. Okay. Okay. Here's a spark plug. Okay, we'll stop there. <laughs> right, right. It's, I know that there's pistons and rods and... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now there's batteries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gabe writes, dear, dear Layla and Dr. Hoffman, my mother is close to 80 years old and would benefit from supplementation. However, she doesn't want to take a bunch of different vitamins. Okay. Is there a single, single multivitamin or supplement that you, we would recommend for her well, at her age? We kind of demur. She's close to 80. We kind of demur from that. Approach. Yeah, she's we, not on any meds. We, I know. We believe in personalized medicine. Exactly. Right? Exactly. We want to know what's going on with her. We want to maybe do some tests. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, not everybody mm -hmm. has, has access to that or is willing to undergo that evaluation. Yes. So, one-stop shop. She could take something like Propax with NT Factor, which has a multiple. Yeah. And has some uh, NT Factor, which is nice for uh, older people. And it's got a little fish oil. Mm. So, it, it comes in a convenient pack, so you remember it. Right. And it, you know, Put it big, in your purse. Like off a, you go. This big jar kind of thing, which yeah. has packets in it. So, Propax with NT Factor. Go to ntfactor.com and get that. There you, you go. Know, and there are other... you have any other ideas possibly? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe not enough vitamin packets. D in there. Probably, probably a minimal amount of vitamin Might D. need... Yeah. Probably 2,000 IU of D would be helpful. Wouldn't be bad. For, for most of the population. Yeah. So, considering that... Um, yeah. Gabe, thank you for that very, C very thoughtful not question. Certainly centrum. No. Is, you know, yeah. Please don't take a centrum or a one-a-day if that still exists out there. I don't even yeah. know yeah. anymore. So it does. You don't want... It does. Oh, one-a-day? Yeah. yeah. Vitamins? That probably what? vastly eclipses the sales of any of the companies that we talk about. Yeah. What was the other one? Did it start with a U? I'm remembering something back in the 70s. No, maybe it was the one-a-day that I'm thinking of. No. Okay. All right. Gabe, thank you for that question. Now, we've got an interesting email here from Bonnie, who writes about zinc picolinate and possible liver damage. Mm. In a guide to home-based COVID-19 treatment published by the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons... Well, that's a, a good organization. Yeah. Oh, I like they, them. They published the following statement about zinc picolinate. Zinc in the form of zinc picolinate form is not recommended following reports of liver damage and tumors I, from studies about 20 years ago. Yeah, this I see a 2012 study here. It says um, zinc and liver disease, mm -hmm. and it's by, um, mm -hmm -hmm, where's the study from? It's in um, Nutrition Clinical Practice, which is not the most right. prominent journal. Yeah. Um, and it alludes to, um, some studies suggest improvement in liver function yeah. following zinc supplementation. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Well, Bonnie, 
goes on to say that, according to AAPS, following these reports about liver damage, the, and these are from studies 20 years ago, not just 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the German Commission E that regulates supplements used in medical practice in Germany has banned this form of zinc. Right. Now, Bonnie says no studies from 20 years ago are cited, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how to discover if it is really true that zinc picolinate is banned in Germany for medical use. What I do know is that many, many reputable companies in the USA sell this form absolutely. of zinc. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think? And Bonnie, I think, if, I think if there yeah. really was a concern about it, I don't think they would offer it. Yes. Some of these big reputable companies because they don't want to hurt people. They don't want liability either. Right. So I don't think there's a big problem. It's, it's considered the premium form of zinc that's better absorbed. Mm-hmm. But there are other forms of zinc. Yeah. The only danger I have found in zinc, my research about zinc... Zinc citrate and... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only the only uh, warning that I found is taking too much and over a long period of time because it can deplete copper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you probably don't want to take... It can also take, be immunosuppressive if yes. there's something about that. You don't want to take over 40 milligrams a day for a very long period of time. Certainly take it if you've got a cold or a flu for a few weeks. That's perfectly fine. But taking it long term, you would need to balance it with copper. You probably want to look at zinc levels over time as well. That would be a good idea. So there is such a thing as uh, as too well, much. Here's another article, you know, as I look it up. Uh, chromium picolinate is another form, and there's zinc picolinate. Um and this is a scientific opinion in the European Food Safety Authority, which is the, the, the uh, European Union version of the FDA. Yeah. And what they say here, uh, uh, like it's, it's not complete here, but they they don't hmm. they don't say that there's a problem with it. I don't think, but it, I okay. have to say that the article cuts off. Okay. Um, but. Interesting. So this may be one of those old things that never really panned out, in Could my be. opinion. Yeah. But what, what's disturbing, Dr. Hoffman, is that this is in a guide to home-based COVID-19 treatment published yeah. by AAPS. Yeah, maybe, you know, we should. I'm not a member, but yeah. <laughs> I've considered joining them, but maybe we should. <laughs> Because uh, uh, a guide to home-based COVID-19 treatment means take your latest pharmaceutical, still patented, or take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Certainly not zinc Speaking or D or C. home-based treatment, you know, there are all these, you know, here's an analogy. It's like I got probably too many clothes. I've accumulated them over the years. You mm. know, if I buy like, you know, three or four, you know, articles of clothes every year. You know, it, I've been around for a long time, so it's like a lot of stuff accumulates. And I kind of yeah. hate—I kind of hate to, th- um, you know, that what's the name of the the, the uh, tidiness person? The, the uh, oh, Marie Kondo. Marie, I, I need a Marie Kondo. Yes. You know, but does it spark joy? Yeah. You have to hold up your article of clothing, Doctor Hoffman, and say, "Does it spark joy in me?" And if not, you toss. Right. So by analogy, you know, we we were looking for the, all these new drugs to treat COVID. Yeah. But actually, we have a lot of these old drugs that are lying around. Yeah. And you know, it turns out that some of them <coughs> are effective. Yeah. Like Luvox, which is an obsessive compulsive disorder drug. Uh, even uh, Pepsid may be helpful, which is an yeah. antacid, an old fashioned antacid, fifty years old. 
um, there's a there's a study that suggests that disulfiram mm. can be helpful for COVID. Mm. Disulfiram is an old drug. It's also known as antabuse. It's given oh. to alcoholics. Yeah. Because if you drink alcohol while you're taking that drug, you'll you be sick. Like, you feel like you've been kicked by a mule. <laughs> you know, it's just where you get a really yeah. bad reaction. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, as long as you don't drink alcohol while you're taking it, mm-hmm. it seems to have a pretty significant effect against COVID. So we're sort of discovering that these old drugs yeah. may have effects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is part of what we should have been doing all along. Yeah. Instead of looking for pie in the sky, new, very advanced, expensive treatments, uh, let's look at what's in our closet. Absolutely. You know, already. Absolutely. You know. And, I mean, uh, it's 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 definitely more fun and better for the economy to better for and, and save people's lives, don't right. you know? No, it's stuff actually that's more, already it's, there. It's more fun to go shopping and buy something new and expensive. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, that's, but you could still go shopping in your closet. That's right. all right. That's I do that. Yeah. I do that. That's fun. It's like, oh, remember this? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Show it some love. Show exactly. it some. Love. I got to show this some love. Exactly. So, yeah, those, but those bell bottoms don't look uh, good. Yeah, I think we're going over for uh, part one. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> we may have an abbreviated part two. We divide our podcast into two parts, but uh, in a burst of enthusiasm, we've exceeded our time limit for part one. So let's uh, give me a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two. Should I take a booster when my antibody level is this high? All right, great question. We'll take it up in part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutant. It's our weekly Q and A with Layla and. Where you can get a question sent to us is via radio program at AOL.com. We'll be right back.